today on the website and podcast, Friday Reflection number 36. Why don't doctors want to see patients? At a Thanksgiving gathering, a middle-aged doctor talks to an older relative. While enjoying a pre-feast cocktail, the relative asks, why is it that doctors don't want to see patients? The doctor bumbles through a reply. I was the doctor in this case. The relative, who will remain anonymous, is a wonderful, intelligent, accomplished person who has, a, who has had access to some of the best health care in our country. After my half-hearted attempt at a reply, we looked at each other blankly and went back to our cocktails. I think I was drinking a Negroni. The question has been eating at me ever since. This is my attempt to answer it. First, two disclaimers. Disclaimer number one. I love what I do. I hope that anyone who has read any of these articles knows that. If this is your first Friday reflection, maybe stop and pick out a couple of others to read first. I consider it a privilege to practice medicine. To paraphrase from the introduction to ending medical reversal, medicine practiced well is beautiful. As a human pursuit, it is pure, caring for the suffering. Empathy and the ability to anticipate a patient's changing needs are the hallmark of an excellent physician. Clinical medicine can also be one of the most satisfying intellectual pursuits. The diagnostic process and development of an effective management plan done well are elegant, thoughtful, and parsimonious. The fact that this cognitive activity is only a means to a greater end makes it even more magnificent. Disclaimer two, I loathe listening to people complain about being a doctor. Sure, everyone complains about their job, but complaining about being a doctor is different. It is unseemly to gripe about a job that is paying you enough to be in the top 10 to 15% of wage earners in America. It is also a job that thousands of people would have liked to do had they been able. Then there is the fact that a career in medicine grants you respect and privilege. Lastly, most doctors, through education, degrees, and privilege, have the option to pivot into other fields if they are unhappy. Disclaimers managed, back to the question. Why don't doctors want to see patients? I could start by asking, is that even true? That question probably doesn't matter. If a patient senses it, it is either true or we, or we are, knowingly or not, communicating it. There is undoubtedly some truth to my relative's observation. I have heard dread from colleagues about a clinic session, a day in the OR, or a call night. A former section section chief once told a colleague, you have to figure out funding so you can get out of clinical medicine before it kills you. And then we have all that burnout data. Physician burnout rates hit 63% in 2021. So let's accept that a lot of doctors are not happy probably not happy seeing patients. Why? When I started to reply on Thanksgiving, I said, it is a really hard job. This response felt weak. Lots of jobs are really hard. But medicine is really hard. Doctors deal with hurt, sick, scared, anxious, dying people every day. We also deal with the families of hurt, sick, scared, anxious, dying people, family members with whom we often have no relationship. As a doctor, you cannot have a bad day, a day when you don't perform at your best. You might be tired, depressed, or under the weather, but your status cannot hamper the quality of your work, wherever that work is, the office, OR, ER, or hospital. 
And if you do have an off day and somebody pays for it, you never forget. Medical practice is the classic high-stress combination of great responsibility and little control. If you're caring for people, that responsibility is unacceptable, and you can't control when people need you. Customer service can be trying, and I'll argue that being a doctor is the most difficult customer service field. Imagine a person on the bus with whom you desperately avoid eye contact, Then imagine this person coming to your office and having to spend an hour with them, alone, trying to help with any problem they present. Or imagine the most self-important, entitled person you can, someone who treats everyone as a subordinate, and then imagine dealing with them when they are scared and powerless. I loathe the term work-life balance. Maybe this is because in some fields, primary care and obstetrics in in particular, the trait that makes you a treasured doctor, ready availability, makes the idea that work and life can be separated absurd. As a doctor, your patient is your boss. We all, sometimes, hate our bosses. This is especially true if it is understandable that your boss might need you and can call you at any time. Even on the days I am able to limit work to, let's say, a nine-hour day, and nobody calls after hours, the worry about patients can follow me. After three decades of practice, I've learned to make, I learned that making decisions that lessen my anxiety is usually in both my and my patients' best interest. However, the dozens of decisions I make every day have consequences. I worry about these consequences, sometimes a little, sometimes a lot. I cannot count the number of times I've woken in the middle of the night second-guessing a clinical decision. Then there is the issue that we are so often impotent to fix the problem at hand. I'm not referring to the truth that, in the end, everybody dies. It is that so many of the problems that afflict my patients are bigger than a disease that I can treat with medicine. Every day I deal with the stress of urban violence, the nutritional impact of food, deserts, and highly processed diets, and the sedentary lifestyle forced upon us by our jobs and built environment. Counseling relaxation and prescribing medications for anxiety, hypertension, or diabetes is like applying a Band-Aid to a gushing arterial laceration. The entry point to all these hardships is seeing a patient. Not only does each 20-minute visit lead to 20 more minutes of administrative burden, the visits also lead to the contact with the suffering, the loss of control, the anxiety, and the powerlessness described above. Is it not understandable that doctors sometimes recoil at the idea of seeing a patient? Mario Cuomo said that politicians campaign in poetry but govern in prose. Maybe medicine is the same. In the abstract, the practice of medicine is poetry, filled with grace, sacrifice, and beneficence. But the practice of medicine is prose, a grind of stress and drudgery. Medicine in the ideal gets me out of bed each day. I'm profoundly satisfied with and proud of my work. There is nothing I would rather do. The reality of medicine, however, makes me complain when someone shows up for that 4.40 Friday afternoon appointment that I chose to include on my schedule.